What a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. How is this real? What the hell? <laughs> Me and my friend Mark, we're going to stop watching. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. Um... Yeah, this 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 is a fun topic because it's just another one. It seems like it happens every week. It really does. We we've beat it to death at this point. But you you you. It starts with an idea. You got an idea. You, you we've either had it on the list for a while or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll try this. And a lot of times, the reason why stuff gets left on the list for a long time is because you're you don't really know how you can make this a whole episode. So you're like, well. That's great, but there's not enough there with that. So that's what I was thinking with this topic, and then was like, well, how about I just look at this whole show? Maybe there's something else. And then sure enough, (laughs) you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize what this was. And so what we're going to talk about is two episodes of a certain show. Um, And anyway, um, as far as current stuff, I mean, Money in the Bank's going to happen tonight as we record this, because we're recording on Sunday night, or Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're doing that corporate ladder thing. You guys all have already seen it. It was probably a, a train wreck in the best way possible. I hope I'm, so. I don't I'm know. I'm really hoping it can just be my topic for next week. That's sure. what I'm really rooting for, it, but we'll that, see. That's the best possible scenario. So anyway, there's nothing to talk about, because it's already happened, but we haven't seen it yet. Um... Uh, other than that, yeah, there, there's nothing. I mean, everything's plugging along. It seems like stuff's slowly starting to open up. You know, AEW's back live. They're back at the Daily Center in Jacksonville. So, you know, and then who knows what's going to end up happening. If I think WWE is now thinking about bringing in wrestlers and something to have some sort of mock crowd. It's like, no duh, you morons. <laughs> just anyway, it just, what's, it's amazing. What's going to be great? is when they act like they came up with it and it's a great idea. Like they're going to trademark it and shove it down our throat and talk about how revolutionary it is. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, they're going to do that. Um, okay. The the one thing we got, we got to, we got to talk about from AEW last week, because it was an amazing show. It was absolutely incredible. And it had one of the greatest moments ever with this street fight tag team match with Sammy Guevara and Jericho and Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega, and it was amazing. And you think, all right, just about everything's been done in wrestling. You can't really do anything new. Sammy Guevara getting run over by a golf cart. It's not a golf mm-hmm. cart. They kept saying golf cart. It's like a carryall. But him getting run over was one of the highlights of wrestling history already, and it was amazing. Not only was it amazing – it sparked the greatest possible wrestling meme since, I don't know, Vince McMahon falling out of his chair. Um, <laughs> that's, dude, that's literally it. That's, it. that's the other one that's in this category. It is the greatest thing, and I, dude, I love it. I'm having so much fun with this, with this ridiculous meme. I've literally posted four in a row over the past couple of days. They're awesome. Uh, my favorite one is still yours. Um, that was fantastic. The, the <laughs> was, David Arquette one was amazing. I was pretty proud of that one. 
I really wish that had gotten you... more traction. So much so that I literally posted it about 50 times on every possible platform I until David that. Arquette finally acknowledged it. Because I was like, no, acknowledge this. Yep. Uh, I almost made it. Okay, hang on. For those, if, if on the off chance you haven't seen that picture yeah. yet, uh, imagine us like behind underscore gorilla yeah. on Twitter and Instagram and you'll be able to see it. But yeah, please describe like, it. it imagine, a, you know, like a, in a movie set in medieval times or a fantasy film set in medieval times there might be like this climactic moment of a charge on horseback and you know like it's usually the enemy troops or whoever is not on horseback and they break and they run that's what this looks like like sammy guevara is running for his life depending on the exact like screenshot of the clip you see he might be looking over his shoulder he might just be running for his life those are most of the ones i've seen he's just facing straight ahead with his look of terror on his face Matt Hardy is driving this. Yeah, it's not a golf cart. It's but that's a what, that, that is what it looks like. Right. Sure, you sure. you know what we're talking about. Yeah. They're in a stadium. They found one lying around, whatever. They're chasing him with this maniacal grin on his face, both hands on the wheel. And Kenny Omega is sticking his head out the front, like holding. What is he holding? He, he's like he's, holding on to a handle. waving something, right? Uh, uh, no, he's just yeah. pointing. He's holding onto the and handle, pull, leaning out of the side, and just like, pointing yeah. with this crazed look in his eye. Yeah. Like it's they're, amazing. They're about to ride him down, and yes. it's just – it's biblical. It's yes. incredible. Yes, it And is. what I did is I labeled, uh, I labeled Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy as Mark and Harris – furiously chasing after anyone who mentions David Arquette on Twitter. Yes. I thought about just making it David Arquette because that's should... <laughs> also kind of accurate. That would have been great. You should have – the only thing is you should have said, like, anyone who hates on David Arquette or something like that. Right, but it is both. Like, we it, just relentlessly, yeah, like, true. anytime he's tagged in anything, we're like, yes, marketing, here we go. It's a good point. No, no, you're you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um. Uh, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so anyway, after that, I've come up with a bunch of other ones over the past couple of days. Um, I did a Scott Steiner one, which I was quite proud of, with mm-hmm. uh, Kenny good. Omega and Matt Hardy chasing, chasing now Sammy Guevara. Th- them being Scott Steiner and Sammy Guevara being Math. That was I was pretty happy with that one. Then the one I posted today, I was even more proud of, uh, with Vince McMahon and Triple H being in the cart. The cart being WWE and then Sammy Guevara running away as CM Punk after dropping the pipe mm-hmm. bomb. Mm-hmm. I was pretty proud of that one too. Beautiful. That one, that one made I made myself laugh with that one. Um, so that's the goal. That that's my goal really is if I can make myself laugh, then that's <laughs> it's worth it. Anyway, it is. I'm having a hard time thinking of. There's a lot of great wrestling gifts out there, like moments captured in time. It's hard to think of too many wrestling pictures yeah. off the top of my head. But this is one. Well, there's a bunch man. of like it's... iconic ones, you know, like the Shawn right. Michaels jumping off the ladder. You know, there's like a bunch of those. But as far as like funny, like really, you know, memes, basically, it's yeah, it's uh, it's rarefied air. That's for sure. Anyway, that's the most exciting thing that's happened this week as far as wrestling goes. <laughs> is that that match was amazing. The whole show was great. There was a bunch of great stuff. But that was that that stole it for sure. Um, anyway, so we can just jump right into the topic now after, uh, talking about that. Also, uh, happy Mother's Day, if there's any mothers listening, listening to the show. Um, shout out to Judy Bagwell, by the way. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> exactly. Man, that would have been a good topic if we hadn't done it already. Um, okay. So we got to get into this topic, Harris, because 
it. I hate saying it's the dumbest thing that we've covered. I hate saying it's the most insane thing because I we say it every week because it's it seems to be true. Mm-hmm. But so I won't say that. I'll let you make that determination after. Oh geez. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying it could be. Okay, because cool. again, as I mentioned before, it was th- th- this started with one moment, one big, very infamous, really it just can't believe it happened moment. But then I found out there was a lot more to it, and and, and it has nothing to do with that particular moment, but just the setting it was involved is unbelievable, and it's something I did not know about personally. What we're gonna talk about, we're we're going back to WWF. 1996, end of 96, pro wrestling at this point is absolutely exploding. WCW had the NWO just running roughshod. ECW was making a big like alternative splash with kind of the hardcore crowd at this point. A bunch of companies, you know, I think New Japan was really getting going. Um, The one company that wasn't is WWF. Mm -hmm. They were dying at this point, literally. Um... So once 97 rolled around, well, Vince knew he had to change some stuff up. Now, for everyone knows, WWF was pretty much stuck in the same boring 80s ways uh, for the past almost, you know, 10 years. They really mm-hmm. hadn't innovated anything in a long time, since basically since Raw maybe came on the air. Um, So, you know, what did they do? Well, they decided to do the logical thing and copy what other companies were doing. And this eventually would lead to the attitude era, biggest era in all of wrestling. And they may have heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Basically what they did was they merged what WCW and ECW had kind of been doing. They kind of mixed that together on a big stage. And that was, that was the, the foundation for the attitude era. So, all right. Anyway, but but the, the full swing of that is still a few months off. That's still a little bit later in 97. I mean, like, Stone Cold is just being... He's just kind of started being Stone Cold, uh, you know, six six or eight months ago. Um, it's all starting to build up at this point. We're, but we're not quite there yet. One of their... We're going to talk about one of their first attempts at kind of an edgy, edgy programming. Great. It was a brand new show, and it debuted on January 4th, 1997. Harris, have you ever heard of WWF Shotgun Saturday Night? No, I literally have not. I I hadn't either, and I've been watching wrestling for a long time, and I had not heard this name before. So this is what we're we're talking about, the first two episodes of Shotgun Saturday Night. Now, what this was, it was an attempt in basically copying ECW. It was trying to reel in, like, that kind of crowd. Um... And I'm telling you, these two episodes, we're going to start with the big kickoff, the debut, and then the second episode. And the second episode has what I've talked about. It's one of the most bizarre and just nonsensical segments in the history of the WWF. Um, And again, I'm sorry. We say that every week, but it just continues to be true. So, episode one. Here we go. We open with none other than Bob Backlund yelling at a line of people waiting get in, to get into this nightclub and yelling at the camera. He's saying, 
that we don't want to go in there because there are sexual activities, violence, and crime going on in there. And it all should be banned. He then says, um, Saturday nights themselves should be banned, which I'm not really sure how that matters. But because Bob Backen was basically playing this ultra, like, almost like a pastor type character. Yeah. Who's just running around talking about how everyone's everything everyone's doing is wrong and and stuff like that so that's kind of his crazy character um and then the intro starts the intro to this show it's like a knockoff zz top instrumental and uh, it's like this weird intro video it shows you know new york city and you know, the different stars. Shawn Michaels is stripping on top of a taxi cab. Uh, you have Goldust, uh, Sonny coming out of a limo. You have Undertaker coming out of a manhole. But <laughs> he looks like Biker Taker. This is like three years before Biker Taker. But he has like leather jacket and a bandana on. And this is like 97. It's very weird. Um, so so that that's kind of this weird crash intro. And uh, Shotgun Saturday Night, it was recorded live um, in different nightclubs in New York City at like 11. It's I don't know when the show started, like 11 or midnight, something like that. And it's an hour long show recorded live. So the first one is at this Mirage nightclub in New York City. And the the hosts, the two announcers are Vince McMahon and Sonny. Now, Harris, are you familiar with Sonny? Uh, not really. She was basically the original diva in in the wwf like before sable she was like the she was the hot model sex symbol diva basically it it started in like you know the mid 90s in wwf um anyway that that's her character and uh so her and vince are the two broadcasters basically for lack of a better term um, and it's this tiny venue. I mean, it is, it's this nightclub and it is tiny and there's like a tiny ring because a regular ring wouldn't fit here. So the ring, I don't know how big it is, but a normal WWE ring is 20 by 20, which is pretty big. Most rings and most companies I think are like 18 by 18. Um, I think WCW's was 18 by 18 or something like that, but this is like, 14 by 14 or something like it is teeny it is really small um so and also of course as another person to the broadcast team we have todd pentengill now we've talked about him before on the uh undertaker versus underfaker episode i think that's the only time we've talked about him but the, for those of you that don't know todd pentengill i can't even explain it he's the most annoying person in the history of wwe broadcasting um He's just the worst. Like, imagine, like, an MTV host from, like, the late 90s, something like that. Just really annoying, uh, high energy, very annoying. That That's that's kind of what he was. Um, anyway, so he's at ringside, and um, he's telling us what the first match is. Harris, the first match, are you familiar with the Godwins? No. I'm okay. Not. Well, that's fair. They they were old school tag team, been around for a long time. But anyway, at this point in WWF, they were hog farmers. That was their that was kind sure. of their, their gimmick. Um, you had uh Phineas and uh Henry, I think were the two. Um, and uh, 
it was Phineas, like Phineas I Godwin, and then like Henry O Godwin. So their initials were Pig and Hog. Um, can't imagine why the company wasn't doing well at this time. Yeah, uh, they're the normal tag team here. Um, because the other the other tag team is the Flying Nuns. They are they are from a Tibetan order in the Himalayas, and uh, you you heard me correctly. They are, they are they are the flying nuns. Um, now are they like are they dressed like nuns? Yes. Oh yes. Um, however, they are not in fact females. Um, right. They are two individuals who would also be the headbangers, which is a fairly popular tag team from the nineties. Um, their names though, Harris. Sister Angelica and Mother Smucker. I I couldn't okay. make this up if I tried. You couldn't, but at the same time, this a tag team of two men called the Flying Nuns that like dress up like nuns. Yes, is so far into the spectrum of like wrestlers whose gimmick is an ordinary job that it jumps the shark. In my yeah. mind, that's like someone wrestling as the milkman. Yeah. Like it's so far out there that it becomes great. I, I like I, I realize that uh, okay. the, the hog farmers are the normal quote unquote normal team. They are. But the flying nuns is the kind of thing that I don't think it was, but could be a tongue in cheek move by WWE <sighs> at this time that could be pretty great, like ironically. It sounds like it's not going that direction, but I'm not offended by the idea of the flying nuns because that is so transparently silly that I'm kind of into it. That's way better than like Repo Man. Yeah. Or again, Hog and Pig or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and as, as I said, they're dressed fully as nuns. I mean, like black and white gowns, um, the huge habits. And like the big ones, not like the normal ones, like the huge ones that look like yeah. airplane wings. Like the like they're they go they're going full out. So this is not the time for subtlety. Um, and, and now again, so the match starts. Harris, I I can't get over the fact on how small this ring is. Like, you know, and this is the <laughs> mid '90s, Harris. Like these are the biggest individuals in wrestling. <laughs> like they're like seven feet tall. Like, everyone in the WWF was, like, six and a half to seven feet tall. And they're trying to wrestle in this ring. And there's, like, barely enough room for them to, like, run the ropes. Like, (laughs) it's so small. Like, they're running into each other. Like, it is so goofy that it it is, it's bad. Um, There's a, uh, a holy S chant breaks out. And again, this okay. is like a small nightclub, so it's very noticeable. And Vince just kind of pauses and just kind of giggles and goes, holy cow! And you're like, oh, thanks, Vince. That really quelled yeah. the situation there. Um, yeah. So the Godwins are finding it difficult. Like, the story is the Godwins are having trouble, like, fighting women. So they're, like, hesitant to fight the nuns that are not women but pretending to be women. Um, sure. Which, to be fair, the Godwins are, you know, morons because they're hog farmers. So that's, you know, right. Understandable, I guess. I was about to say. Um. Yeah. So okay, so the match is, but the match is so exciting that we are going to throw it to Todd Pentengill at ringside, where he is going to talk to Hillbilly Jim about the match while it's going on. 
Um, and they do not like put up a side can't like, oh, uh, two pictures. No, no, no. It just cuts to the interview matches going on in the background, but Yikes. who cares? Um, yeah. Uh, the nuns, <laughs> the other thing the nuns will do is like before they engage with the opponents, they like bow to them and like pretend to throw like holy, holy water on them and like bless them before engaging like every time it happens over and over and over again um the the crowd the crowd starts chanting go to hell (laughs) (laughs) okay that's pretty good that and vince just can't not laugh like he just laughs on the air and that is uh that's probably the highlight of this match but uh then all of a sudden brother love aka bruce pritchard shows up and he's in the nun's corner, apparently. I don't know why we didn't just have him come out at the beginning, but here he is. And so they all, like, bow down to him. So he's the, I don't know, he's in charge. Uh, this match airs drags on for over ten minutes. Like, it just keeps going. And the crowd is booing the Godwins. They're now cheering the nuns just because of how right. ridiculous See? all this is. That's what I'm saying. The nuns could have gotten over. Also, there's like Crowd there's like 300 it. people in this nightclub. Like, maybe. So that's another... It's just uh-huh. it's weird. Uh, so Phineas, kind of the bigger, dumber of the two hog farmers, he, he's been hesitant kind of this whole time, more so than the other one, uh, about attacking these nuns. And so he's going to go for a body slam, but then he stops because he doesn't know where to put his hand. Because... He doesn't want to touch a woman, I guess, inappropriately. Um, well, that's good of him. Henry just doesn't care and just shoves him out of the way and goes right ahead with the body slam. Um, the match finally ends, though, when Brother Love whacks Phineas with a giant book, which I can only assume is supposed to be a Bible, although it's never mentioned. It's Great. never said, but that's what I was getting. And then the nuns win. So the nuns get the cheating victory. So that's, that's great. Um, a fantastic start. We're off. We're off and running. Um, we show that they have a VIP lounge, of course, cause you know, it's a nightclub and we see Rocky Maivia right. in there and we see gold dust and his real life wife, Marlena, which is Terry Runnels, um, who just full on like nightclub, very skimpy dress, um, barely covering much. <laughs> and so here comes right. Bob Backlund comes storming in and ranting about how that's not beauty. It's exposure. And then he just stares at her for a second and exclaims, that's cleavage. That's cleavage. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, and Sonny is not a fan of Marlena. Also keep that in mind. She's not too happy with, with Marlena. Okay. Um, Okay, so the next match, we got Goldust with Marlena versus the Sultan, a.k.a. Rikishi, with uh, with Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund is managing the Sultan. Now, the Sultan is, like, the lamest gimmick I've ever seen. It's, like, the, the most stereotypical, like, 80s villain, Middle Eastern villain. It's just, it, there's nothing there. Yeah, it there's sounds like a there. lazy man's, like, Iron Sheik. It, that's exactly what it is. Iron Sheik was its original manager for a brief time. Yeah, it's, it's, anyway. It doesn't matter. It's it's a terrible match. It's so boring. Uh, during the match, we again go to Todd at ringside where he interviews Bob Backlund just during the match. Um, so the Sultan's in, is in control the whole match, at, which is very kind of weird. Uh, Goldust hadn't quite gotten to his peak yet, but he's he's already a, a fairly 
he's not quite a major player yet, but he's not, you know, he's still pretty popular at this time. So it's mm-hmm. weird seeing the Sultan just dominate him the whole time. Um, at one point, though, the Sultan is going to hit Goldust with a chair, like on the outside, but the ref takes the chair away, and the whole crowd just boos. Um, which, to be fair, I wanted to see at this point, because nothing else was happening. The match is longer than 15 minutes. Like, it just keeps Man. going and going, and nothing happens. Uh, the Sultan, of course, gets Goldust in the camel clutch, you know, because Iron Sheik. And uh, it looks like it's over. <laughs> but then Marlena is not going to have this. So she gets up on the apron, removes the top of her dress, flashing the Sultan, uh, of course, with her back to the hard cam. Mm. Backlund goes berserk, leaps into the <laughs> ring, screaming and covering the Sultan's eyes with his own jacket. Uh, Goldust throws the Sultan out of the ring. Sonny is livid with how Marlena is behaving saying that this is the cheapest publicity stunt she's ever seen and that she's the sexiest, sexiest woman in the WWF and thinks Marlene is trying to steal that spotlight from her. <laughs> Backlund's going crazy and won't let the Sultan back in the ring, so Goldust wins via countout. Todd Pengill gets into the ring and announces the winner as Marlena and then, then corrects and says, no, but actually Goldust. Um... So, haha, you're so funny, Todd. Um, Sunny is just mad. She is so mad this whole time. And she says she won't be outdone by this sleazy woman and that she's the sexiest woman in the WWF. So, she says she has a special, uh, special surprise for next week. If Pam Anderson can do it, so can she. And so, next week, she will bring one of her home sex videos. Um... So this is now going to be, Harris, the second sex tape angle in wrestling we have covered. And, um, uh, boy, w- w- when we get to that, just buckle up. Let's just say that's the main event of this podcast. But we, we have oh to boy. we have more stuff to cover. Oh, man. Okay, so that's announced here in this episode. The next match is Ahmed Johnson versus Crush from the Nation of Domination. It's fine. It ends with a wild fight between everyone and Goldust and the Godwins come out to help Ahmed the face, and it it's a DQ. It doesn't matter. Um, skip over it. Uh, the main event of this match, Harris, is Mini Vader versus Masquerita Sangrada. Uh, or Sagrada, yeah, like Masqueria Sang- Sangrada, I think. Now, Mini Vader is a exactly what it sounds like. It is a little person parody of Big Van Vader. And Masquerita is another little person. Just think of um uh the um uh what's his name from the um from the Primo and Epica uh, bullfighter gimmick. Yeah, El Torito. El Torito. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it, it's it's that. Think of that, but in a white outfit and without the horns. <laughs> right. It's it's basically that. Um, but before the match starts, it cuts back from a commercial, and uh, Masquerita and Sonny are in the ring dancing the the Macarena. But Todd, wait, Pen- wait, 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 hang on, just pause, pause for a second. Sure. I think everyone, you know, we we always make fun of WWE. For, like, hopping on a pop culture trend 10 years after the fact. Right. And if this is 1996, I think this might be the most on point with their timing WWE has ever been in yeah, referencing yeah. any event in pop culture That's ever. fair. That's fair. 
which is wow what a time and place to nail that but yeah but it's just it's so much worse though because okay you know there's words to the macarena well but todd pengel is singing the macarena but he he has his own words to the song i'm just gonna read here are some of the lyrics harris um he comes from a place where you shouldn't drink the water. Not much taller than my two-year-old daughter. He'll ah! bite. He'll bite later, like a gator, when he steps into the ring with Mini Vader. He's no idiot. He's a midget, and his favorite TV show is Gidget. That's just a handful of lines of this Macarena song, all about Masquerita Sagrada. So does yeah. the chorus go, hey, Masquerita? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. Yes, dude. Yes, it does. You, you, you're you're right on track. You are on the okay. same wavelength here as uh, Todd Pentengill. There's a part of my there's a part of my brain that was a little concerned, not concerned, but just wondering, hey, did Mark make a show up? Because I've never heard of any of this in my life. I've never heard either. of the show. Dude, I I've never either. heard of the premise. But I, no offense, I don't think you would sit down and write the song out like that. So no. you've convinced me that this show exists. <laughs> and wow, I have I so that. many thoughts about this. All right. No, but okay. it, it's so much better than this, Harris. Because, okay. Harris, what could make this even more insane? Like, like, imagine this is a crazy nightmare scenario, this acid trip of a wrestling show. What right. could be added? To make and not David Arquette. What could be added right. that just is even more un like unbelievably insane? See the only the podcast lore requires that I say like a pole match or something. No, no, not as far as that. This is more of an individual that's now going to be involved in this as well. It's not Jerry Lawler, is it? No, it's it's even okay. more so than that. Because we're Tell getting me. a third person to join in on commentary for this match. Okay. It is Jim freaking Cornette. <laughs> he's okay. the manager kinda... of Mini Vader because he's the manager of the actual Big Van Vader. Okay, well, see, that just makes sense. That's just perfectly logical, isn't it? Right. Wow. So... Okay. I was going to say, just for a second there, I, I thought you might be about to say Jim Ross, <laughs> which would have been hilarious for its own reasons. Like That's later. You know, at WrestleMania, they bring in Jim Ross for the Roman Reigns Undertaker main event, like really big deals. It would be incredible if for Shotgun Saturday Night, they're like, all right, the main event, we're going to have two little people fight in this ring. Jim Ross, everybody. No, no, no. Like, Jim Ross doesn't come to the show till episode three. Oh, man, that's a shame. Yeah. But Jim Cornette is even better because, one, this seems like the kind of thing that he would hate and consider killing the business. You, but, you two, see, because they have that incredible kayfabe explanation where he's like, well, yeah, of course. Jim Cornette <laughs> is the weirdest thing. Like, he is this whole killing the business guy, but then he's also a big proponent of, like, comedy wrestling when it's just comedy wrestling, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, again, he – so he immediately just is is in the – he's at – there's no booth. It's a table at a nightclub. 
Um, he he's there and he is just yelling away. He's just yelling away at what a pain Masquerita has been this whole time. He is making every short or small pun you could possibly think of. I mean, it just typical Jim Cornette. I mean, I understand why he's gotten in trouble now for stuff because that was his whole gimmick. Like the way he talks, <laughs> and I'm not even saying in just offensive ways, but the way he talked, it was it was making fun of things like that. Like again, wrong or right, that's not that's not what I'm talking about. So, but that that is his style of the way he's done, and he's really good at it. Um, again, right. whether it's it's appropriate or not is beside the point. He's really good at coming up with these things. Um, and he is just going on and on and on and on about all these different small and short puns with Masquerade and how much he hates him. But, uh, the match is insane. It is insane. It's these two little people. They're flying all over the place, a hundred miles an hour. Um, and it is by far the most entertaining match of the show. Like it's not even close. It is not even close. Um, Ma eventually Masquerade wins the match with a missile dropkick. Cornette is just pissed actually i forgot to mention this at one point in the match Cornette is so mad at the way vader uh mini vader is performing <laughs> that he goes into the ring calls timeout throw like goes over to his corner and just berates him in the middle of the match uh because of how bad he's doing so anyway the match ends he vader loses so he comes in and just starts throwing him around the ring just screaming at him <laughs> and then he gets so mad that he just throws his jacket off and then squares up with Masquerita because he's like a fine I'll do it myself like thing but Mini Vader has had enough at this point turns on Cornette he and they both tabletop him so Masquerita and Vader tabletop Cornette and then they steal his pants because of course that's what you do um and so then now Jim Cornette is hopping around in the middle of the ring with no pants on and then running out of the ring and then out into the New York City street. And and so this is the end of episode one of a brand new show, Harris. So let's just break this down. We've had cross-dressing nuns, hog farmers, yep. an outdated Middle Eastern gimmick, midget wrestling, and Jim Cornette in his underwear. Clear. Oh, yeah, and Marlena flashing the Sultan. Right. Clearly, this is the perfect way to capture that ECW audience, Harris. How okay, I have let me give you my thoughts on this. Like sure, please. I'm kind of torn on this because on the one hand, like filming it in actual nightclubs seems a little gimmicky. I don't know how well like, it's terrible. The crowd you can't see to the it. crowd's terrible. Okay. You can't see the lighting is abysmal. Anything not in the ring, you have no idea what's happening. Like it is it's not good. Mm-hmm. Okay, because like, okay, I, I've said this before, and it's a little bit different now because of the level of talent WWE has, but like, especially considering how many people they have now, it would be really fun if they had like a network only show that wasn't TV PG, that was like rated PG 13, or maybe something even, you know, go crazy with it. Sure. You know what I mean? Just like a different brand. That would be a lot of fun to watch. The fact that all the way back in 1996, they were looking around and trying to figure out a way to do that and actually tried to do it like launched the show is super interesting and there's some stuff yeah. here that's like this is i i see what they're trying to do and there's a really good idea here like i like bob bob backland as the like More moral compass like hyper yes the hyper conservative like foil for this entire premise yeah so you know like because you can just see 
you can see the T-shirts with his alarmed face that says, that's cleavage on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, nowadays, you know what I yeah. Mean? Right, exactly. Or even like two years later in the Attitude Era, like people would have bought that shirt. Like, that's real. That's super interesting. But the fact that they're clearly teeing this guy up, up to play off of him later, you know, for all the inappropriate stuff that's happening, like when she flashes the crowd. Yeah, that's the kind of like really edgy stuff that I'm like, all right, I I see what they're trying to do. And I respect them for having their own brand for it. At the same time, I got to be honest, a lot of the stuff that they're doing that is kind of so over the top that it's at least entertaining to listen to. I don't know if it's entertaining to watch. It's not But like, okay, (laughs) it wasn't. But like, (laughs) it's because the matches uh, are so bad. Okay. So okay. at the beginning, well, you're fair. like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, you're like, please stop. Let's let's just move on. So that's why this uh, is the best see, way. Tell me, like, this is the best way to, to, to do this. To do this is for me to talk about the good hmm. parts. Okay. Because see, because it's like, there are ideas in here that sound really funny. Like, they're so over the top. They're, they're taking this cartoony, you know, early 90s, next generation WWF stuff. And they're dialing it so far up to 11 that it becomes entertaining again, mm-hmm. at least in how ridiculous it is. So, like, you have a tag team of nuns who hit people with a Bible. That's hilarious. I got to be honest. Like, on paper, that's a really funny idea. And that's the kind of thing that could be, like, so over the top that a hardcore, like, ECWS crowd could enjoy because of how insane it is. The The main event reminds me of when we had jerry the king lawler and his miniature kings versus doink the clown and dink the clown like that's what that (laughs) sounds like and i don't really understand why some of this stuff like the nuns and the main event couldn't just be on an episode of raw yeah you know what i mean like i know you were kind of you're trying to circle away from the early 90s cartoony stuff but if you're gonna do it like these this seems like the kind of good stuff to just put on raw yeah. Just put that on raw. That's not like it's not really inappropriate. Certainly not any more inappropriate than some of the other stuff they were doing. Because like I said, doink and dink. I don't know. I, I respect the effort and I feel like they could have really had something here. But it also seems clear that like they have a tonal problem and they don't have any like overarching story. They're just trying to do different stuff and they're just throwing it at the wall to that see what sticks. That is exactly what this show is. This is the perfect example of throwing random crap against the wall. That is like there's no other way that there's there's not anything else. That that's all this was. Like, that is Vince all this is show. sitting was. at the table with a little notebook and yes. it says women's breasts good. Midget wrestling bad and like that was the entire attitude era like we could have gotten a little person's division if this show had gone over differently oh harris there was (laughs) that's the other thing this was not a isolated thing they had many wrestle like like many versions of a lot of major wrestling stars at this time there was many vader many mankind there was several of them Oh um, man, okay. The other to be thing honest, I was it, it say, could be a whole episode in and of itself, and it might be one day. It, it might be okay. Well, this kind of takes away from the last thing I was going to say, which is I love that they made a little Vader because the existence of a man named Big Van Vader implies that there must be a little Van Vader. <laughs> like that only makes sense. That's right. perfectly logical. But see, that's where you overthink the logic of wrestling, um, <laughs> and no, you, you try and 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 do that, which sometimes works. 
and sometimes right. doesn't. Like after the fact, you're like, oh, well, well, of course, because otherwise they wouldn't call him Big Van Vader, would they? You're like, yeah, perfect. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> sure. Oh, man. Um, so. How, all right. So that's episode one, Harris. Oh, boy. How okay. could we possibly get any dumber or more insane? Oh, well, don't worry. We find out? Because we will in episode two. Now, this one is from a different uh, nightclub in New York City. This is from the All-Star Cafe, and it's a little bit better. This is a bigger place. It's better lighting. It's it's a little bit better than where we started. Um, but it, it starts with Honky Tonk Man opening it up. He's, like, getting his shoes shined. Like, brilliant. What a way to, to kick off a the new, edgier, uh, you know... Generation X version of uh, wrestling with Honky Tonk Man. Great idea. Uh, we then see Sable and her husband and um, uh, her husband Mark Marrow. They arrive in a limo. And uh, we then cut to our announcers, of course, Vince and Sonny. Um, however, Sonny is standing on top of the table and, like, wiggling and shaking her hips in a very sexy way. That's the no. intro between for Vince and, and Sonny. Um, and again, I, as I said, this location is better than the other one. Um, and now we got Todd Pentengill again, and he says that earlier today, he has an announcement for us. Earlier today, the Flying Nuns, who are now called the Sisters of bro- of uh, Brotherly Love, because now they're, of course, with Brother Love, um, well, they were arrested earlier for solicitation in front of the Disney store. Um... <laughs> Now, what? Now look, Mark, I look, think I hang love on, this tag hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Now, the thing that's even weirder is like, what? What? Like they show footage of it, but it's like them trying to like. I think it's them trying to like pass out tracks and stuff because they're that. But like the way they word it is trying to like, im, im, like. Imply like prostitution. It's very. It's. It. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense because in the footage they're not doing anything, and so you're like, why? Why are they getting arrested anyway? It. It doesn't make any sense. But they have been arrested, so they will not be on the show. This sounds like something that probably like I, I guess it doesn't translate well when you explain it to me, like me not watching the episodes. The idea of a team of men tag teaming as the as nuns, as the sisters of brotherly love, who regularly cheat to win, and are always either on some sort of crime spree, or just constantly being arrested for like very unfortunate double entendre. Either one of those. This sounds incredibly entertaining. Like I'm being serious. Yeah, but it's not. Oh, that's it's a not. Shame. I think they really missed the boat with this. This could have been the next big thing. Maybe. Maybe. Um. Anyway, uh, we got to have our first match. So here comes Mark Marrow with Sable, although this is really all about Sable, even at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, poor Mark Marrow. Yeah, yeah, poor guy. He, he, To be honest, he was he had better success as Johnny B. Bad than he, in WCW than he even did as Mark Marrow in, in WWF. But anyway... So he's going to take on Diesel. Now, this is not the real Diesel, because this is 97, 
And, of mm-hmm. course, Kevin Nash is already in WCW. So this is the fake Diesel, which, to be honest, we could do a whole episode on the fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon as well. But, uh, <laughs> Harris, you do know who the fake Diesel was, right? Oh, yeah, this is on my list to talk okay. about fake Diesel and okay. fake Razor well, Ramon. I'm well, very aware of this. I won't get too much into it, but they are both hmm. on this show. But, of course, fake Diesel, a.k.a. Glenn Jacobs, um, a.k.a. Kane, for those of you that still didn't get that. But, a.k.a. Um, Isaac Yankum. <laughs> a.k.a. the Christmas creature. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Um, I'm glad he made it eventually. But, uh... So anyway, the match happens. Actually, hang on. Before the match starts, I forgot to talk about the spinal tap moment. Um, so Mark Amaro can't find his way to the ring. Like, have you seen Spinal Tap, Harris? Yeah. You know when they're trying to go to the stage and they're just walking around backstage and they can't find their way out. And then they end up like outside and, you know, all that stuff. And it goes on for like 10 minutes. Well, that happens with Mark Amaro. Not, not to that degree, but... He can he goes the wrong way twice trying to trying to find the ring in this nightclub and then he ends up just over in the corner and then he's like oh there's not a way this way and has to turn around and come back like through the crowd of people because it's just a nightclub so you know him and he's just dragging Sable around this nightclub trying to find the ring and Vince and Sonny have to stall uh, as he's trying to find the ring because again now, this wait, is live is this, hang on so is this a bit like is no this a, no this is not a bit he just. <laughs> no, he can't find his way to the ring. I thought ring. it was like what? No. I thought it was the joke. I no. thought they were like you know, like in Spinal Tap. It's funny. No, 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 he no, just no, no, no. Couldn't. no. He can't find his way to the ring. Wow. Um. Oh, that's incredible. So they have to. St- so Vince and Sonny have to stall for a few moments. So Sunny again talks about her uh, home sex video that's coming on this show, and that she's the only one who has the guts to show something like this. Uh, <laughs> Sunny also is just making quips because she doesn't like Sable either. She hates any any attractive female that's trying to steal her thunder in the company. Uh, so she's saying that they had to drive because you saw them get out of a limo earlier. So she's like, oh, yeah, they had to drive because if they walked, Sable would be getting too many $10 offers. Now, this is very Whoa. ironic because uh, coming from Sonny, because right. everyone knows why that's ironic. Sable is married to, you know, multi-millionaire Brock Lesnar. And Sonny is anyway. Um, so the match, the match happens. Diesel taking on Mark Marrow, and and Diesel kind of takes down Marrow early, and then goes right for Sable, and she t- throws a piece of cake in his face. I couldn't make this up. I, I literally couldn't make this up. Sable is throwing cake in in Kane's face, playing Diesel. And uh, at one point, then the fake Razor Ramon comes out, of course, and he kicks Marrow. But then here comes Rocky Maivia out to help. Again, Harris, I-, I need to, this is a good time to explain it again. This ring is tiny. It's so small. And think about how big, you know, Glenn Jacobs is and stuff. Like, they're moving around this ring and it's just so awkward. It's so awkward. Um... So the match continues again. It's like a 10 plus minute match. Just keeps going. It looks like Mark Marrow's going to get the win because he hits a big moonsault. It's actually impressive. He, he uh, stands on the top rope like facing forwards and then jumps in the air, spins around and then is backwards to then do a moonsault. It's it's a smooth looking move, especially for a guy that big. Um, But after he hits it, 
Honky Tonk Man has come out and is making advances at Sable. So he's got to go out and shoo Honky Tonk away. He, of course, then gets attacked by G- by Diesel, and then he gets jackknifed and, and loses. So Mero is now not happy, because in his mind, Sable has just cost him the match by being harassed by someone else. So they argue, and Sonny is loving it, because she just hates Sable. Uh, of and then Mark Mero leaves her. He leaves the ring. Honky Tonk now comes back in to harass her again, and now Rocky comes back out for the save. And this... <laughs> ticks off Sonny because she apparently is very attracted to Rocky Maivia and has been calling him all week and now he's coming out and saving Sable so she's very mad again at this we have a whole soap opera going on here Harris that is going to go nowhere um, <laughs> absolutely I appreciate That's the other thing. you just letting me know up front in case no, I was really getting my hopes this up. is another like, good oh, thing okay, everything we talk about goes nowhere um, like that's one of the big problems with this whole show. Well, yeah. Well, the fact show. that I've the fact that I've never heard of this show before probably should have been an indicator. Yes, yes, it it should have. Um, all right. So Mero then comes back in, and now he's mad at Rocky for uh, helping Sable, who he just stormed off and left. So they punch it punch at each other for a while before refs come in and break it up. Uh, anyway, they then show the mug shots of the sisters of brotherly love. That's Excellent. funny. That's pretty good. Um, next match, Savio Vega versus Farouk. Doesn't matter. Um, now, now Harris, though. Now it's time. It's time for the main event. This is why we're yep. here, and this is why I started this entire topic. We see Sonny back on the announcer's table, you know, wiggling her hips, moving around. And, and uh, Vince t- uh, says, now's the time to call everyone call everyone you know because it's time for Sonny's home sex video now i keep wording it in these <laughs> weird ways because this is the way they're wording it and i thought that was very funny that's absolutely just because you can't say certain things on television and they're trying not to get like fined by somebody yep yep exactly <laughs> amazing uh all right so Sonny warns us to put the kids away and here we go this is why we're here i i still can't believe this is real um, we see Sunny propped up on one arm on the bed, kind of pans out and you see her and she calls this her lair of love. So already on off to a good start. She's, she's wearing silk white pajamas, um, and has a tickle me Elmo on her lap, which is very odd, but she calls this her favorite Christmas present. Now, just as a little bit of a backstory, for Christmas of 96, this was, like, the hottest toy of the year. Like, this was, like, the Cabbage Patch doll from the 80s. Like, this was, like, the big thing that, like, no one could find in stores. People were paying ridiculous amounts of money for it. Th- like, this was this this year. Um, so, and and that that's her reasoning. So, that's, of course, since this was the hottest toy of the year, that's why the hottest woman in the WWF had to have one. Which makes no sense, but sure. Um... She says it's time now for us to meet the man that she goes to bed with every night. So there's a knock on the door. Tells him to come in. And in walks a life-sized Elmo. Yes! Wow, finally. Well before it's time, really. The wrestling and Muppet crossover is complete. Now, I know, yeah. like, you, you think of the episode of Raw that the guest hosted, and 
technically Elmer uh, Elmo isn't on the Muppet Show, oh, sure. but you know, I, it's all the same company. Yeah. Right, they're Muppets. They're yeah. they're part of the same species. It was all they, it was all Jim Henson. Right. The crossover um, I never knew I needed. Okay, you didn't. Wow. You didn't need it. Wow. Um, wow. It's literally it's a man dressed in an Elmo costume, mm-hmm. and he's also wearing a black thong. Because, of course. (laughs) Of course. See, I thought for a second, I was like, yeah, the bit is, oh, we've hyped this up as this sexual risque thing. But it's actually innocence to the point of being extremely childish that she thinks Elmo is real and she just wants to cuddle with him. No, and no, then we no, turn no, 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 right no. back into nope. He's got a no, thong on. No, it's, it's so thing. it's so worse. Incredible. Um, okay. It, apparently, later on, Sonny would come out and say that it like, it was actually Todd Pentengill in the suit playing the Elmo. So that that came out later, but it doesn't really matter. Um. So Elmo is like dancing around and thrusting his hips back and forth and Sonny is cheering him on um, in a very sexual way. Um, And and then it just gets worse. You hear like, aw, yes, and stuff like that coming out of Elmo in an Elmo voice. (laughs) And he's saying things like, I've been bad, Sonny. And things like that now i can't do an elmo voice so i'm not even gonna try (laughs) but please just imagine now this whole time i have another question are they like are they calling him elmo and are they saying like here's the tickle me elmo harris please stop no no no. stop 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 i'm not there yet i'm not there it's the next part okay so sunny again elmo's doing that sunny is commenting on how great of a body elmo has that's fair. Elmo now crawls onto the bed, and Sonny is doing, like, that sexy, you know, motioning with one finger for him to come yep. over. And Elmo says, fondle me, Elmo. <laughs> Sonny then says, this isn't tickle me, Elmo. It's his big, strong, bad, older brother, fondle me, Elmo. How have I never heard of this before? Wait a minute. You've never heard of this? No. Okay, I'm surprised. This is even better than than I hoped. I no, figured you might have all... at least heard of this. Cuz I knew about incredible... this. I knew about this, but I didn't know no. about like this the, like the Shotgun Saturday Night Show, but I knew about never. this bit. What an incredible evolution by the way, cuz I was already impressed with Big Van Vader logically having a little Van Vader as a counterpart. But we just blew that right out of the water in episode oh, yeah. two. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. I have. I still have a question, but I'm going to let you keep going. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, as she's saying, you know, follow me, Elmo, and stuff like that. Um, Elmo is just swinging his hips in front of her back and forth. And uh, she then shoves him down on the bed, pulls off the thong. Slips out of hers as well, it seems, and then okay. crawls on top of him and tells him mm-hmm. to get ready to ride Space Mountain. Now I'm pretty sure Ric Flair, <laughs> Ric Flair is on the phone at the moment. Um, she then claps, and the lights go out. We then hear comedically loud sex noises from her <laughs> and Elmo, as well as the bed squeaking. 
Like, right. just imagine the Elmo voice making sex yep. noises. And 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 that's 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 happens. It goes on for I don't know, fifteen seconds or so, fifteen, twenty seconds. <laughs> I really thought you were about to say fifteen minutes. Oh no, it wouldn't surprise me, but no. Um we then hear a clap again and, and the lights are back. Sonny is sitting in the bed, which is now broken, with only a sheet covering her. Elmo apologizes for breaking the bed. Sonny tells him not to worry, and the Energizer uh, Bunny has nothing on him. He says he needs a cigarette, gets up, asks where his pants are. (laughs) He then looks at himself and asks where his um, thing is. The camera then zooms in on Sunny, and she gives a smirk, and that ends the segment. Sure. All right. Learning a lot about Elmo anatomy here. (sighs) Can I ask my question now? If If we're at the end of this point in the segment. How did they not get sued for this? I, dude, I don't. No, maybe they did. I don't know. The only conceivable explanation is that like literally nobody was watching shotgun Saturday night. So they just got away, which I think, I think happened because apparently I think they've you, they, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe apparently they've, they've done things where they've used music without permission before and stuff. So I don't know. Right. I don't know. Wow. That's wow. That that's that's incredible. This is all. Uh, I don't Who know. Who thought this was a good idea? Well, like again, I, I kind of. It's so insane that again on paper I can see how you no, could think no, it would be Harris, entertaining no, in wrong, such a ridiculous wrong, way. Wrong, wrong, No, 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 no. There is no world where anything that just happened makes any sense whatsoever. Okay, you want to know what else is funny and again does not make sense? This is another on-point cultural reference that WWE made, and right. they choose to make them both on Shotgun Saturday Night. Yep, and it becomes the Macarena and Fondle Me Elmo. Like what? Yep. yep. Maybe that's maybe I'm just impressed that they were on the pulse of anything culturally relevant. That's incredible. So wow. now you would think that. You know, we're we're at the end, right? Like, th- that's it. There's nowhere to go. Now, to be <laughs> fair, we we aren't going to go to this level, but it is not done because this, this is like halfway through the show. So we go back to the cafe and Honky Tonk Man and Todd Pentengill sing a duet. Yes, yes. No, you heard that correctly. They sing a Blue Suede Shoes parody, much like the Macarena one where Pentengill changed all the words. It's like that. Um, And they do like the whole song, like three (laughs) minutes and something. Okay. Now, in fairness, in fairness to the show, isn't that kind of Honky Tonk Man's thing? Kind of. That he keeps singing longer than anyone wants him to? I do I don't, I don't care. Okay. The example I think of, sorry to derail you for a second, but like the famous, 
I want to say it's the SummerSlam match where he loses the Intercontinental title to the Ultimate Warrior after like two years or some ridiculously long reign. I was trying to watch that match one time. And when you skip to it on the network, it starts with his entrance and his musical performance. And he sings his own theme song for what feels like six minutes. And it's brilliant booking because you just want to see him get annihilated. And then he does. But it's it's impossible to watch because he just keeps singing. I don't doubt that this yep. is over the top, but I do think that is supposed to be the point of the character. But but it's not because Todd Pengill does like all the singing. <laughs> like okay, uh, this like, might just be Todd trying to honky tonk man. Like doesn't even know half the words to whatever this new song is, and so Pengill is like filling in for it. I who and also this is happening right after this Elmo sex segment. Back is it to back. about? What's it about? Is it about I, another wrestler? No, or what? it's just about him. <laughs> it, it serves no purpose. And why is it happening right after another ridiculously long, stupid segment? So there wasn't even this is what I've, I was really hoping it would be one of those things where we, we've had these moments a few times on the show. Something ridiculous will happen. And then it smash cuts back to the commentary team who just looks like they want to die. Right, right, yeah. But there wasn't even a moment like that. It just went no. straight to another wow. Yeah, pretty much. Um, wow, what a waste. So the next match is fake Razor Ramon versus Rocky Maivia. Nobody cares. Um, at least this match is shorter. Um, it's fine. Rocky Maivia wins. Um, uh, Todd Pen again, though, th- this was kind of hyped as like the main event, but we're not done yet. Uh, so Todd Pentengill is now outside in Times Square, and he's talking about how there's not enough real estate in New York, so people who can't find it make it. He then motions towards a cardboard box, and he's talking about how these boxes are very advanced nowadays. They have all the amenities, like cable TV and jacuzzis. Um, he continues to like show off this, the different parts of this cardboard box, and then Nikolai Volkov pops out of the box, speaks in Russian, and that's it. We're just back in the ring with no one mentioning him to anything. Vince McMahon gives a little, was that Nikolai Volkov? And, like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Why did this whole segment happen? It's not like Todd Pengo is like, oh, I'm talking to this wrestler out here and then something else happens. Or, oh... This, he's just like, oh, here's a cardboard box, and then here's Nickel. It, it, it doesn't like make any sense. Left, it sounds like they left Todd in charge of the show. That very well could have been true. trying to book it all around him. It could have been true. That's, wow. So there's going to be a, a final match, but before this match, Harris, this match doesn't matter, but before this match, Vince and Sonny are going to, are well, they're going to hype up next week's show, of course. You know, you got to tell us what to expect next week. Now, Harris, if I gave you a hundred million guesses, you would never even come close to guessing what would possibly, what is happening on the next show. At this point, the weirdest thing I can imagine would be like Stone Cold versus The Rock, like a match that actually yeah, makes no. sense. <laughs> no. Next week, apparently, Goldust is pregnant. You know, I wouldn't have guessed that, but that is on brand. That that does make Her- sense. 
he was on the show last week and was fine. <laughs> and 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 they show a cover, a fake Vanity Fair cover. At least I hope this is a fake Vanity Fair cover with a nude pregnant gold dust on it. Like way along pregnant gold dust. And again, he yep. was on the show last week. Um <laughs> and he's going to give birth live on next week's show now another thing i don't think that's how childbirth works like it's not like oh come you know in a week we're gonna do it live i don't i mean i think it's kind of up in the air but i I don't know how reliable unless it's like a c-section you you can't Mm. it's not like a definitive time stamp here Right, like I know you can induce labor, but even then, I don't know if you can do it to fit within I mean, the, the window. The show's of live only an hours. hour long. Like, right. Um, how, also, there's how, nothing to guarantee he couldn't have the baby during the week, like just right. unplanned. How is this real? What the hell? <laughs> just save that clip and put that in the intro. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um. So then we go to the main event. It's a random tag match. It doesn't matter who they are. The show ends in the middle of the match. Like it just we're out of time and the match is going <laughs> just, on and it's over. Oh, that's great. So what a great way to put over your wrestling product. This was a complete train wreck. I still can't believe that this thing even was happened because, again, I'd never heard of it before. Harris, I'd never heard yep. of Shotgun Saturday Night. I'd heard yep. of the Elmo sex thing. That was the whole impo- that was the beginning of this whole thing. But then once I found out it was on this shotgun center, I was like, what is this? And then I found out what this show is. I was like, oh, my gosh. Now, it doesn't. Sorry, finish. I was just saying this show very unsurprisingly proved to be a complete failure. And it would end after only six weeks. Um, It, it, it then turned into like a main event or something like that, where it was then mm-hmm. pre-taped before Raw right. with like C-level talent type thing. Right. Um. Oh, yeah. Also, by the way, on next week's show, there is no mention of pregnant gold dust at all. <laughs> they just act like it wasn't a thing. That's why, again, you might be wondering, well, why aren't we talking about episode three if that was going to happen? And that is why, because it literally just no mention ever again, um, which I mean, I'll give them credit for that. That's fair. I'm trying to think this is a total sidebar and it's going to be a terrible example because I can't remember the name of the show that come it. But there is a show that I've seen that at the end of every episode, while the credits roll, says coming up next week on this show. And it's it's just fake. It's just all made <laughs> up for like what would happen next based on the characters and the things that happened during that episode. Yeah. But it's never coming. And that's the entire joke. That's kind of that's great. Like, it's dumb. But imagine if that was a running bit and every week they're like, yeah, next week gold dust is going to be dissected in the ring in the main event. And you're just like, all right. Like that was just every week was the new bit. Like tune in next week to see. Oh, man, there's dude. I trust you when you say like the execution of this does not work in practice, but it's it's very entertaining to listen to. And it sounds like a lot of fun to like hate watch. This sounds like. This is going to be a bold statement. I need to watch some of it and then see how I feel. This feels like the Star Wars Christmas special Uh, of professional wrestling. Okay, you know what's funny? And Harris, going back to what you were talking about, is the show – I don't know if this is the show you were talking about, but that that, about the thing of teasing something that is never going to happen, it it sounds like something that would happen on Police Squad. 
I actually haven't seen that, but okay. Cause police yeah. squad would do a thing where at the beginning they would introduce a special guest star and then mm-hmm. kill them off in the opening sequence. <laughs> like, like in the opening, like credit sequence, like every week. So like a special, like celebrity mm-hmm. guest star. So that, that's, that's what that, that's what that reminded me of. But, Something uh, along those lines, but this is just, like I said, some of these ideas are so insane and over the top that like, if they're capable of producing them, right, like with a wink and a nod, they can be fun. And I think I'm being a little biased because like, I've seen WWE poke at the edge of this once or twice in like modern wrestling, like the fashion police is dumb. And that doesn't make any actual sense. Sure. But it's a really fun gimmick that they could make fun vignettes about. They did, yeah. That a lot of people want to see. You know, or like Bray Wyatt almost doesn't count because that's just actually good. Right. But even if he was just a goofy puppet show guy and not the fiend, like that's fun and different and at least entertaining for a vignette from week to week. Like it's a funny bit. You know what I mean? Like Bo Dallas, another great example. Same thing. Like motivational speaker, insanely deluded, but he's so over the top. That yeah. is, it's just, it's great to watch. I, miss I believe you when so you much. say like they can't pull this off, but they have so many ideas just in these two episodes that I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's the, I respect them for going for it. They clearly looked around and were like, look, we got to shake things up. We got to do something different and just went way overboard with it. Good it sounds Lord. like. I, I've never seen anything boy. like this. This is the. I mean, and again, the very next week for episode three, Jim Ross is on the commentary team. They have like Triple H and The Rock and Stone Cold, or not, well, it's not The Rock yet, so it's Rocky Mavia still, but like they have Stone Cold versus, I think, Triple H on the next week's show. Like, it's like, and again, this is, this is, this is pre big Triple H. They're still call, calling him Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Right. Um, but, like, they're starting to bring this st- – and, again, it's pre-Big Stone Cold, too, I guess, technically. But, like, they're starting they're starting to bring star power in as, like, a Hail Mary already by, like, week three. And then by week six, done. What did this broadcast on? Like, what I don't know. I have – I think it was only, mm. like, local because I think the, the, wow. the, the stream that I found was recorded on some local, like, New York station, I think. Mm. Or, or, like – Newton local affiliate or something. I I don't know if it wow. was, I don't know if it was nationally done. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not wow. exactly sure about that. I didn't, again, I didn't look up that type of stuff, but um, yeah, that's uh that, that was, so you, you, you decide everyone decide is, is Sonny having sex with a fake Elmo? The, the strangest thing we've talked about might be, who knows? The fact that that can't even definitively be the strangest thing is just how strange wrestling is. I think what really puts it over the top for me is that she stops and she specifies, no, 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 it's not tickle me, Elmo. It's fondle me, Elmo. Mm-hmm. There's a name for it. Yeah. But he's related to tickle me, Elmo. He's the older brother. Yep, yep, like yep. That opens so many doors and so many questions I never knew I had about like – Muppet physiology and yeah. Sesame Street family trees. It's it's and something I you just, don't need to think of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. But that's boy, that's really something. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um. So anyway, go follow us on Twitter at Uncaped Review, and on Instagram at Uncaped Review. Uh, wrong podcast, buddy. 
Oh, is that the other one? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Still That's do that. That's the other one you do. Follow my other podcast, Uncaped <laughs> Crusaders Review, on Twitter, at Uncaped Review. We don't have an Instagram for that one, so forget that part. Uh, also, check out my other movie swap show on, on YouTube. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Follow us on Twitter, at Behind underscore Gorilla, and on Instagram, at Behind underscore Gorilla. I post all the episode stuff, and I post random. I, I'm I'm gonna keep posting if I come up with it, more of these uh, Sammy Guevara running away memes because there's it's just the greatest thing ever. That's um, I, I think we're gonna try to slowly transition our Instagram page into just that meme, <laughs> just I don't, different. I don't know if we're smart enough to come up with enough different things, but uh, oh, listen, we've been doing this podcast for years. The content might not be good, but we can get it out. Well, that's fair enough. We have proved to be consistent. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, follow us on Twitter at, at um, behind underscore gorilla and Instagram there. Uh, you can follow me at Mark the Mark Brand. And I'm at Harris Wilson. So do that as well. And uh, make sure and join us next week for some other insane topic. I, uh, again, Boy. I don't. Harris has somehow got to come up with something that's hopefully close. But phew, good luck. No pressure. Good luck with that. Yeah, no kidding. It'll be something Jeez. dumb. That's for sure. We can pretty much guarantee that. <laughs> We got plenty, plenty of dumb stuff to talk about. Still. Oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. thank you guys so much for listening. Happy Mother's Day to everyone as well. <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.